0: This is kicking the tires. I'm Mason. I've got with me today, Luke. Hey, Blake. How's it going? And our special guest, Tommy Gavin. Hey, how y'all doing? Uh, well, let's start this off like we do with every special guest we got. Tell tell us about everything you got or what you've had in the past and stuff like that.
1: Well, let's see. Um, first Mustang was a '70 Mach 1, 351 Cleveland, four-speed. And like a good teenager in high school, I ripped a couple drive shafts out of it and some U joints <laughs> and uh, burnt the tars off of it a couple times. And then, uh, graduated high school. I had a 78, uh, Cobra two, uh, 302, four speed. I didn't do my, did a lot of cruising in it. Um, and then I got into the custom van scene. And when I, when I got, uh, in a couple years later and showed a van, uh, in the Carl Casper show several years Then. Mm-hmm life and kids took over and then uh, retired from the military and then two years ago I bought my third mustang and joined uh, the derby city mustang club in 2020 and that was a EcoBoost, beautiful car and i traded in on my current car a 22 uh, gt uh, shadow black and
2: uh, definitely a little
1: bit of difference in power between EcoBoost boost and a
0: and a and a gt just a little bit <laughs> yeah i mean you sounds like you've been a little bit everywhere so that's a that's a big thing. Yep. Yeah. So it's all kinds of different cars. Just
1: love cars in general. And, uh, you know, work, you can work on the cars when I was in high school. You can't hardly really work on them yourself anymore other than change the oil. It's, I mean, we changed engines on the side the, out of the house out in the street. We, we, uh, we did brake jobs out on the street. We dropped transmissions on our chest under the car and slid them out from under the car. And, <laughs> you know, that, and that's what you did back then. You just, you did, or your buddy had a garage take to his garage, you pull the engine out and you work on it, and then you put it back together. So that's just the way it was.
0: Well, and you mentioned two things that I'm sure neither of my buddies here have ever dealt with, and that's the van scene, which even I didn't know that was the thing until a couple of days ago. And then Carl Casper, I mean, kind of give give a little bit of a story on that because I know what Carl Casper is, but I'm not sure if they do or if like anybody that listens. Yeah, so he's
3: that friendly ghost, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: Uh, back in the '70s, uh, the va- custom van scene was real popular. Uh, I had a big E150 custom van. It was all decked out. At University of Kentucky, uh, beautiful pearl white and blue, and everything else. And uh, had a van club that I was a member of. Uh, and ironically, the name was Derby City Vans. Uh, <laughs> and we'd go around. We'd go on the weekends. Go little camping trips. We'd go to car. We'd go to car shows and. Uh, Carl Casper was a big one in Louisville. If, you, if you're if you familiar with Bluegrass World of Wheels today, uh, the, the show that's been the past couple of years at the fairgrounds, that's kind of like the new Carl Casper in a way. They're trying to regenerate a large show in the Louisville market. But Carl Casper was like the show to come to if you were a car show enthusiast or a car enthusiast at all. It's Like, hey, you get into Carl Casper's show and you've done something. So mm-hmm. it's like you get in there and, and it's like, you were good to go so that was a great show to be in
0: yeah our generation missed out on that big time
2: so as far as like a custom band what kind of stuff do you do to customize it you know like you just put like a nice interior in it, it is like the sound system you know like
1: well it's a little bit of all of that uh mine of course it was uk themed uh it had a hardwood floor in it like a basketball floor it had blue wraparound button tuck couch it had captain's chairs with the big uk paw prints of course they pivoted at, a, you know, at that time, a six-speaker sound system back then, and uh, a CB radio was big in the 70s, you know, so we had CB radios. And that's how you kept in touch with other because we didn't have cell phones. <laughs> so you either stopped at a pay phone or you called them on the CB radio and said, hey, what's what's going on? And that's how you kept in touch with everybody. But yeah, a little bit of everything. I did some engine work, you know, chrome headers and put a bigger cam and just made, made it mine and made it loud. Got to have it loud. You're going to have going to have a performance. Inside and out, right? Gotta have, inside and out. That's exactly <laughs> right. They want you want to hear them come and whether you're parked or, or moving. So <laughs> <laughs> so that's just the way it is. But uh yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of fun.
3: So it's kind of interesting pivot. You went from the custom vans into your back into those Mustangs. And so what made you get your your new one? Your Well I was bike. kind of
1: a I was at the uh four dealer uh, I had a 2012 focus that had several focuses. I was getting it serviced and I was waiting and I was walking around a lot, just kind of looking It's like, Hmm, I've always wanted a Mustang. <laughs> so I walked over to the used car area and they had a yellow 18 EcoBoost and they had a 19 GT, but there was like $400 difference in the car payment between a the EcoBoost and that GT and plus the, the EcoBoost had more features on it. So I was like, mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and go for the EcoBoost. So I bought the car on of all things. 9/11 of 2020. Uh, so that's the day I bought that, and the wife's been mad at me ever since. <laughs> so,
3: <laughs> so you decided to double down then? Which yes, with the new one. <laughs> yes, and,
1: and she, uh, in fact, she was the first one to drive the new one. We went mm-hmm. to the dealer, saw the car. She goes, "You know what you want? Just get it. Do the paperwork. We'll sign and we'll go." So she was the first one to drove the car off the lot, and so and now it's been been a year. Year this month, <laughs> I've had to, I've had my new one. So how many
2: miles you put on it?
1: i've got still under nine thousand miles oh there you I, go i yep. daily drive it to work uh go to car shows we do cruises and things like that and uh it's a short commute to work it's only like 12 miles uh, right downtown louisville so it's an easy drive from where i'm at so it's
3: i going to a car show with the daily drivers so a bit of a different beast than a lot of people who have these classic cars or other cars that they don't daily drive
1: it, it is it's uh it depending on the show you know you get judged different at different size shows uh, different size shows depending on who's putting it on. But for the most part, you know, if they have different categories, daily drivers are a little, uh, they're in their own little category because you you drive them every day. They get rock chips. You can do so much Mm -hmm. touch up to them to make them look nice and keep them clean. But you gotta understand it's like, this is my daily driver. I go to work every day. So it's like different when you have someone that has one, like you said, it's like, it's just, it's in my garage i drive it on the weekends or mm-hmm. i trailer it to a real cu- a, a big show yep. it's a big difference and that's why they're in different categories so it's 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 tougher to keep a daily driver looking new uh because you d- drive it every day
3: you have any tips or tricks you do to make it do you do you, do you follow the clear broad you do that kind of stuff or I, i've been
1: wanting to do that but uh, it's it's you know it's that's uh one of those uh they're they're not expensive but they're not inexpensive so Mm -hmm. it's like you you do what you can but i do a lot of self-care uh keep it clean uh some spray on ceramic coating Mm -hmm. i do a lot of vacuuming out of it (laughs) uh i keep extra towels and stuff on top of my custom floor mats so they stay don't get worn out and uh i just and i'm i probably wash it every weekend Mm
0: -hmm. well you Uh, know that's a big thing i mean if you're gonna daily drive a show car, in a sense, it's just like whenever I first started with that little maroon car and it was the only one I had. It drove me nuts going to a show and saying I had a daily driver because they all would act like, no, there's no way that's your daily. But I, you can ask them. I drove to high school every day unless it rained. Yep. I was going all the time in that car. You also got special and, parking for that thing. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, I had the right connections. Yeah. But, you know, that was the thing. You, you take and make sure instead of letting it set for two months before you go to the next show, it's like you said, you're going out every week and you're washing it, or you might go out one night and dust down the interior. It's not let's take and wait until the show's the next day to clean it up. It's let's do a little bit here, a little bit there, and you'll have an immaculate car. And it's, to me, going to shows, when somebody says that I daily drive this car, I put, say, a 1,000 miles on it a week then, you know, that guy to me, if his car is as clean as the guy that's got one that's trailered in, he's doing a lot more work, and he's got a lot more pride in what he's got. He's not scared to drive it. He's going out, and he's enjoying it every day.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's it's tougher to keep a daily driver, to, like you said, to be a show car, mm-hmm. uh, because it, it, it is a competitive field, whether people like to admit it or not. Uh, people are out there, and they love to show their cars. And they love People will tell you, "I'm not here for the trophies." Well, they get the trophy; they you know their face <laughs> lights up. Yeah, you know they're they're excited, mm-hmm. uh, and that's a good thing. Uh, yeah. But to your point, you got to work harder to keep a daily driver to be looking as good as to trailer the trailer in car, uh, so you can be. You know, your car gets a fair shake when you're at a show. And oh yeah, it, it's
0: a lot of hard work. In which I know you've went to a few of them, but like for guys like us that drive the Mustangs, there's the Mustang Club of America national shows that happen every year. And if you ask me if there's any class that's judged harder than anybody, it's probably the daily driver class because you've got some guys out there that are diehard guys that are going to, like, I know you know Camus Glover from Fall City. Yep. He'll drive from here to California and go a longer distance than really what he needs to to see other things, and he'll have that car looking like it just ran off the showroom floor. He always does. And (laughs) that's... Man, that's a guy that's really got the passion for this kind of stuff. More passion than I probably got. <laughs> yeah.
1: We, we got a guy in our club that's got a 2020 Shelby GT500, and he goes a lot of MCA shows. In fact, I, th- I think he's in Melbourne this week. They, the
2: the mm-hmm. Melbourne
1: show was this weekend in Melbourne, Florida, and several of our members went down there. They do a lot of national MCA shows. So they they travel everywhere. They go to Oklahoma. They go up to Buffalo. They go to Florida. They go to North Carolina. I mean, they travel everywhere. And uh, –
0: takes a lot of work to keep them going well and you just got started in that right with the indie show that just came up yep. here last uh, two months ago i guess yep
1: very fortunate went to the, my first mca show up in indianapolis it was a beautiful show uh i was fortunate to get a go to my category so uh I did well so but uh it's it's a whole different experience when you see how all the classes are broke out and how mm-hmm. they judge the different cars and the different classes it's you see a lot it's kind of eye-opening in a way because you see things you don't see at your little local shows you see a whole different side of the car experience and the car judging and everything that goes with it it's like wow it gets pretty intense uh, to compete in some of those categories with some of those cars so
2: mm-hmm. and really to have that many categories you have to have enough of a turnout in the first place because i know with like a lot of the local shows where you don't i mean you don't have but a hundred cars you get more in the few categories and it's like, well, that's the only person in that category. Here's your trophy. Yeah, exactly. It's it's kind of a double-edged sword, you know, where it's like you would like to be able to separate them out more. And then sometimes you get like, um, smaller shows. Say you have, you know, like a 65 coupe and like a 2020 Mustang, which one do you, you know, how do you judge that? You know,
0: that that's
2: the shows that tend
0: to have a little bit of a problem for me. And, you know, that's one of the big things that i like with my show that I put on every year, I'm big on let's try to find as many ways as we can diversify this to bring in more people. Because, you know, it's like he said earlier, there's guys out there who tell you, oh, I don't want a trophy. But as soon as they get it, it's like they're a little kid that just got told they could have anything they want in the candy store. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, you, that almost kind of, and I don't know, it, I guess it's a little bit of the show scene today. But a lot of shows are losing guys like that because they're narrowing it down so much that it's killing guys that come in. Like, I went to three or four straight off the bat after I bought that little 65, and I never won a thing. And, you know, I mean, it's not the best-looking car out there, but I shouldn't be in the same category competing against a brand-new Mustang with one that is 56, 57 years old. That's just exactly. That's a no-brainer. My car's old; it's gonna have dents and dings and bad spots in it. And this guy just rolled it off Bill Collins' lot.
1: Yep. I mean, it's crazy. And yeah, we heard a lot at a show this weekend. This past weekend, it's like it's like there were a lot of newer cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got awards, and it's like, you know, it's it. In, in a lot of those local shows, a lot of it's what is in the eye to judge. Mm-hmm. You know, where they have a real detailed judging sheet or it's just like they judge on overall cleanliness or the looks and. And then what the judge likes sometimes. And, and that's part of it. you you got to know that going in. Because if you expect to go to a show and get a trophy or an award of some type every time you go to a show, then you're in it for the wrong reasons. All these shows are raising monies for a charity of some type. So, you know, $20 typical. It's like yeah. so We go to support that club, to help support that charity, just like yours. You know, it's like that's what people do. <laughs> they get an award great. You know, they're happy. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's all about... We go to as many events as we can, our club does, to help support all the local clubs because they're all doing the same thing. they got a charity they're trying to support, raise money for, so it's like we help them out by being there. Also
3: helping other drivers, other participants as well. I remember my first club, my first car show, and everyone was so excited to see me there because as a a younger person, they really want to see more and more of those people my age starting to participate in. and they were all very eager to provide advice and like, Oh, you should look at this. You should look at yep. that. This is a great resource. I know someone who does this and it, it is a community that they, they want to help each other. Yeah.
1: The car community is unique. I mean, the, you, you, when you go to a car show, everybody's car family yeah. don't care what kind of car they're driving or their age. You're in the car family
0: at that point and, and they'll do anything to help you. Yep. Well, this poses a good question for me. And I really would like to hear from everybody on it is, is, you know, what is going to be more attractive towards getting younger guys into this? Because it's, it's kind of like you said uh, when you were talking to me on the phone the other day. You know, there's, it's a lot more older guys than it is the young guys. What do we got to do to start bringing in the guys our age to do this kind of stuff? Because you know, if we don't, the car shows are probably going to die.
1: Yeah. And it's that, that's a challenge. I think every club has, and we've talked about it as our club is like, how do we attract the younger members? Cause the younger ones typically like the newer cars. Mm-hmm. It's got all the technology and everything with it. And it's a more modern look, a young guy like you may, when I go out and search for a 65 Mustang or, or a 62 Corvette or something to want to wanna buy and drive and restore and show it. So, you know, what, what, how can we attract those young people there and, Somebody asked me one time, well, what do I get from my $24 annual dues to your club? I was like, well, I, I said, right off the bat, I said, you get hundreds of years of experience from people who've been doing this since they were your age. And we've got people that's been in our club since it was founded back in the 80s, and they're still there. And it's like, so you get all that knowledge and experience from those people, and they'll help you do anything you want. Do you know how to help restore a car? Go talk to this guy. He can point you to the right people hey where can i get my car worked on who's good with the old mustangs or who's good with the newer ones we've got people that that we work with that point you in the right direction and that's what it's all about it's not about the 24 it's about the friendship the camaraderie and the just the years and vast knowledge you get from people in the club that share to everybody and to me that's worth 10 times what you pay for the club membership
2: well also another side of just the younger guys leaning towards the newer cars i feel like a lot of it is like you can find the like especially like with mustangs specifically you know the early 2000s mustangs you can find for you know a thousand two thousand dollars they still have a v8 there's still you know disc brakes plenty of manuals out there all that but then you look at like the 65 coupes or like a 67 you know something like that i mean for one that is chopped up into pieces it's still several thousand dollars just and then you got to have another you know 20 to restore it so i feel like a Decent bit of it, honestly, is some of the newer cars, like not necessarily the brand new ones, but just like the ones that are more 5, 10 years old, kind of gently used. They're just a lot more obtainable for people that are younger and maybe like in high school or something, just working a part-time job on the side, you know, something like that. They find like a little, uh, you know, like the uh, Miatas and stuff like that, you know.
3: A lot of it is price. I mean, everything's gotten so much more expensive in general, and the car scene especially has seen drastic changes the past few years as far as what the general price is for a car. And also, it might come down to what cars they saw when they were growing up because I know a lot of people who really like um, the the. Camaros and solely from the fact that the Transformers movie came out Mm -hmm. yes and as a kid they were sitting there watching that and they thought that scene was so cool and now that car is forever imprinted in their head as oh my gosh that's such a cool car
1: yeah and the bullet mustang Mm -hmm. got its place in history with the Steve McQueen movie you know so it's like that that brand of Mustang that's that's part of Mustang's history.
2: Yeah, and then you got, like, Gone in 60 Seconds, you yeah, know, yeah. Eleanor, yeah, Hall, Eleanor so many of those. yeah. yeah. Well, that's
0: a, I think that's a big thing with our generation is is it's what you see in pop culture. You're looking for, like, this car was – it's just like John Wick's car. Everybody knows that that's the reason why he killed everybody it was over the dog <laughs> and the car. Yep, yep. You don't steal the guy's <laughs> car, you don't kill the dog. But, you know, I mean, that's where a lot of our generation gets things. But at the same time, we've also, as – car show people that run it. We need to become more open to, instead of being just the American market or just Ford, just Dodge, whatever, we need to start opening our horizons towards maybe the JDM market because there are a lot of guys that are going towards that. He's got a 3000 GT Mitsubishi that is a nice little car. I mean, we need to be more open to that because you don't see a lot of those at car shows. You right. see those more like the events like that are cars and coffees that are real lax, and it's just hanging out and chatting and stuff like Presents that. and things like that. Yeah. Right.
3: Well, it also might be the, the age of it, too. It's a um, 93, 92, mm-hmm. 92. Um, those cars might not be nostalgic for a lot of the older crowd, but for some of the slightly younger that could be more of a car from, from their age. And also, I think they're really cool because they have all that old tech that you can see some inspirations that get taken in the future, and right. they have some old things in them still. But, like, I have a custom – else not custom, but it's an LCD display for the um, air, air conditioning. And that's just a super cool old piece of tech, and it's great that it still works. And it's a very valued part of that car because people think, oh, that's so cool. I mean, you don't see that on these cars. And those odd little intricacies of these specific cars is is fun to a lot of people. Not to mention
2: the pop-up headlights, man. You can't go wrong with <laughs> pop-up headlights. Yes. If, if
3: my Corvette still had its original front bumper, it would also have the pop-ups, <laughs> pop-ups. and then have three cars' pop-ups. We can fix
2: that, you know. <laughs> did, did you ever work
3: on those pop-up headlights?
2: Uh, we messed with some on the Mitsubishi a little bit. Those are kind of fun, yeah. They
3: work great because they're electric motor. The yeah,
2: they're not the vacuum tubes.
3: My like yeah. Corvette, it is missing its pop-ups right now. We're, we're might work on that might not I'm trying to figure out what to do with that still but it would have had to pop up the old, tea birds, the old T-Birds the old T-Birds had
1: the vacuum yep. and it was like a big tomato juice can literally <laughs> and it was like really it's like I can go in the house and get me a new a new vacuum container today and look up the <laughs> hoses and I'll be good so
0: well and gosh that's just another thing about That I'm not trying to date you on this, but like the (laughs) go ahead. Probably the big foreign car for you all was probably like the Datsun and the 300 and stuff like that. That was the big car, at least for like I know my dad's generation because that's the one he can remember the most being popular. Yeah, 240Z. Yeah, probably in my time was probably the most
1: iconic foreign car that the Datsun 240Z. It came on the scene. It was a sleek little car and. That was one of the first foreign cars i remember uh ever seeing or, be, or dealing with was was one of those
3: they still have a uh, cult following people oh, yeah. have, still love the look of those cars and the same thing with the mustangs but they're different crowds you don't see interact very often which is unfortunate because i think there's part still of car the reason.
2: guys i was gonna say i think part of the reason why like i like the jdm style of cars most is just because they're not as bulky i guess like most of them are really tiny cars you see like the uh like I said, the Miannas earlier stuff like that. I mean, they're all just like four wheel disc brakes, rear wheel drive. You know, manuals like the the MGs and stuff like that. They all just had a focus on, I guess, like drivability instead of just straight line power. I think that
0: was part of the big reason why they got popular in the seventies because you went there was the there was the fuel crisis and most of these big three. Dealers and all the big American companies were building land barges of cars. I mean, I'm, I am don't mean to say it in a bad way, but I mean oh, yeah, the, the Cadillac the was a boat for a reason. Yep. I mean, it was just huge. But then all of a sudden we go to where people can't get maybe but a couple gallons of gas. Well, you don't need a, a big block car that just takes and goes around the corner and you burn three gallons. You need something that's it's like the Mustang two that came out for a while, uh, even though that was a sin. But, you know, it's a... It, and maybe that's me. I'm being bad to the Mustang guys on that one, but man, that car's just—I know it was to do what it could to make sure that Ford got through it all. But it was a uh, wow. It was five interesting years. Yes, it, <laughs> was. it was. Five interesting years. <laughs> well, uh, one question I got for you before we kind of take and kind of close this all down is—is is, uh, I know you were the president for Derby City Mustang Club. You all have any shows coming up, anything like a cruise in or anything like that?
1: Oh, yeah, thanks for asking. Uh, we have our big show, Ford Fest, uh, every October. It's the second week in October. This year it's October 14th. Uh, we usually have a uh, pony trail. That's where we just go on a day, uh, day cruise on Friday before the show. And we usually stop somewhere and eat lunch and then all drive back. Uh, but it's a beautiful show. We usually have 200 plus cars. And our show benefits uh, three charities that are close to our heart. Uh, Our hosting dealership is Bill Collins Ford. So uh, one of our big donations is to the Bill Collins uh, Parkinson's Foundation that Mr. Collins uh, had. And then we also give to Active Heroes and the Crusade for Children. So it's three local charities Mm -hmm. and everything we raise from the show, that money goes straight to those those charities. Uh, So we, you know, we get, like I said, we get 200 plus cars. We see you guys there from yep. city all the time yep. and a lot of our other sister clubs from Cincinnati and Indy and everywhere. So it's great to see people come in and support us. So, you know, and it's an open show. So bring your, bring your, bring your car out. <laughs> yep, yep. And uh might be there. We'd, we'd love to have you.
0: Well, I, I, I will attest for him on that. I've been to it for about the last four or five years. And I've enjoyed every year I've went. So I'm, I'm looking forward to being out there this year. And for anybody listening, come and, uh, come and visit us. We'd love to see you while we're out there and talk shop a little bit. Absolutely. But uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Make sure to check us out and uh, give us a like and share. And tell all your friends about us. Uh, this has been Kicking the Tires.